What is going on, guys? I am running a little bit late. We got company. Matter of fact, he'll be down here in just a second. But this is Gene Jensen, and welcome to another Friday Night Live. <laughs> oh, goodness. So behind me... <laughs> Is my brother. This is Stefan Walden. You guys see him in the comments every once in a while on Friday Night Lives. He just was in town and swinging by. What you got? Bass University. He, you you work for Bass University, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. We might yes, be doing a little something with Bass University. We got to get Pete on board with it, but only matter of time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I talked to him a little while or a few weeks ago. So, uh, something I'm trying to work on real quick. But anyway. What is going on? What is going on? Hey, David Carlson and Brett and Alex. I'll let everybody jump on real quick. I know this is kind of last minute. I didn't announce it or anything else. I've been busy. I've been real busy. Uh, we've got a, a benefit or not a benefit, a fundraiser tournament on uh, on my home lake tomorrow. We're raising money for our new high school uh, bass fishing team. So Rome High. We might do a, a fundraiser here uh, one day. We're not doing it tonight because I didn't tell my wife and she didn't like to be surprised. But uh, anyway, we got a lot of cool things going on. Beard is growing. That's right. That's Actually, that's why Stefan's here. His brother owns a beard product. What's it called? It's called Eddie B's. Eddie B's Beard Products. And he brought me a, a box of them to yeah, try got, out. Got so, uh, it's upstairs. You can run and get it. He'll go up and get it. But uh, yeah, he's trying to make me look good. Make you know, all this stuff look good. Anyway, <laughs> the beard is growing. It is. It is. Gordon Grandson. I almost said grandson. Welcome, man. Welcome. Addison, how you doing? Jeremy, what's up? What's up? Oh, goodness. Alex? Damien Henderson. Oh, man. I'm sorry, brother. I don't. I almost feel bad for you. Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk about that in a minute. Actually, I'll talk about right Damien. You guys don't might remember him from the last one. Him and I fish uh, the the KBF Challenge series, and we've always fished the Georgia one. And we end up fishing together a lot because we fish the same lake. But he was in first until my last cast today, and uh, I was an inch and a half behind going into the day, and I upgraded. I needed a twenty-two incher. To, to beat him and I caught a 22 and a quarter on my last cast. I literally was on my way in. I'm like, I'm done. I'm just going to make one cast at this little spot. And sure enough, a 22 and a quarter. So, so I ended up winning the, the uh, challenge unless somebody else can pull out 109 and a quarter inches uh, or half, however many I have. So anyway, so that was a lot of fun. Sorry, Damien. Next month, brother. Of course, Jordan's fishing it next month too. Um, what other stuff's going on? I can't remember. I got so much going on right now. Oh, and tomorrow at I think 10 o'clock in the morning central time, I will be in at Bucks Island Marine in Gadsden, Alabama, doing a seminar, a little short kayak seminar out on the water. Um, in their little water section right next to their next to their shop. Um, and talking about basics and kayaks and stuff like that. And then I'm hauling butt back for the weigh-in for the tournament that I'm running. So I'm doing two things tomorrow at one time. So Steve Parker, how you doing? Strong arm 6R, what's going on, man? You've been getting some sun. Yeah, I went fishing today. I tried to keep covered, but I didn't. I did a horrible job of it. I was focusing on on beating Damien. So um, goodness gracious. Let's see. Hello from Vermont. Jeff Cox, how are you doing, man? 
Hold on a second. Let me cough. <clears throat> I can, with this new microphone, I can hear myself breathe and I got junk in the back of my throat because I just ate. And I can hear myself inhaling and it drives me nuts. Have you tried the OG Slim Crank Bait? Uh, what are your thoughts? I have not tried it yet. Nope. I got a whole barn full of tackle. I don't really buy a whole lot except for maybe hooks and stuff like that. So have I ever fished live bait for bass? Dennis, I have. It's been a long, long time. I was a teenager last time I did it. I just have, I just have a lot more confidence with, you know, with soft plastics and crankbaits. That, and I just have been doing it for so long. So I never even thought about using live bait anymore. I do for crappie, uh, crappie all the time. I'm, that's my, the only thing I ever use is a minnow. Uh, David Irby says, hey, I just bought an Abu Garcia Revo X. That's awesome, man. Uh, Patrick Bolton, uh, what outboard are you wanting to run after you're done with Evan Root? I'm going to get a Mercury. They've got a contract with, with, uh, with, um, Alumacraft. Matter of fact, I just talked to them today. So it's going to be a Mercury. So I'm just trying to get a few little add-ons to it before, before they build my boat. There should start my boat sometime in July. They keep pushing it back because of COVID and they're behind and everything else, which is, you know, you, to be expected right now. So I'm just, not really holding my breath. I'll get it when I get it. I've got a boat that runs. So, and I love that Evan route. It's a shame they don't make them anymore. Alex Cardenas, what's up, man? Welcome, welcome. It's his first time here. So, uh, Paul Terry says, I thought Damien was going to pull it off. I did too, honestly. Honestly, I caught a, I, I caught a 20 and a quarter today, or not early, but somewhat early. And, um, and then I just stopped getting bites. I'd catch small ones. I was flipping into, into brush piles and stuff and I'd catch a small one here and there. And then I went four and a half, five hours without a bite. I mean, without even a sniff. Um, and then I, I hooked one that pulled off and it felt like a good one that never came out of the water for me to see it. And then I was like, you know what? I got to get home. I got to get all this stuff done. I'm just going to, fish my way out and I started on the right on the bank and, and started back towards the boat ramp, just kind of scanning and looking. I was like, man, there's a little point right up here. And I'd never made a cast on that point ever because it's not much of a point. It never seemed like anything. So I pulled up to it, threw my bait out there, drug it, drug it, drug it, felt the thump, set the hook and 21 and a quarter, seven and a half pound bass. So, uh, got it on video too. You want to see it, Damien? <laughs> Just kidding. I'll show it to you. Uh, am I doing a stuck on fluke giveaway anymore? Yes, I'm just behind. I got to do two of them. I'm not going to do them this week just because I haven't had a chance to get that ready. But I'm getting it ready. It'll be next week. I don't have anything going on on Friday next week. Um, so there will be a Friday Night Live. We will draw three winners. Uh, I got to pay off. I could pay for a, um, some Tackleware House gift cards. I've been behind on that. It's just been one big cluster. And then we'll pick a winner and uh, I'll go visit somebody. So it'd be pretty cool. Anyway, we'll do that next week. I just don't have time to think about it this week. Been crazy. Uh, Ripping Woodworks. How you doing? Uh, Friday Night Live with the Fluke Master. Well, I'm getting ready for a fishing trip tomorrow. Best way to start the weekend. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Yakfish Utah. I read that. That's funny. But anyway, um, do I sw fish swim jigs often? I do. Um, I It's one of those things where I didn't have any confidence in it a couple of years ago. And I just decided that I was always going to throw it 
every single day and got started to catch a little bit more fish, especially on Gunnersville. Gunnersville and swim jigs kind of go hand in hand, but I've started using them in other places and really having a lot of luck in them with them, mainly when it, in water that's fairly clear. Muddy water, I don't have hardly any luck, but when I'm fishing clear water or fishing current and, and lots of cover that I get hung up in a lot, I probably should have been throwing it today because I, I lost a couple of jigs, but uh, definitely it's it's one of those things that I always want, I always like to throw. So, uh, and they catch the snot out of fish. Man, I love a swim jig bite. So, oh, here's a good one. Joe Fromm, he says, how do you break down fishing unfamiliar water with no electronics. I look at the bank. I want to know what degree of grade is coming off of the bank. Okay. So let me kind of work this through. If it's, if it's a real steep bank, it's going to continue off into the water. If you have a point of land coming to the water, that point of land is going to continue out into the water. So I know that's a point. And so when I come to a lake and I pick an area that I want to fish, I'm going to start at the steepest bank and I'm going to start at the edge where that steep starts to grade out and get a little bit, a little bit flatter. And I'm going to start fishing that bank along that area. At the same time, I'm looking for life in the water as I'm working that and I'm looking for points coming out and I'm going to fish those points real hard. I'm looking for minnows ticking the surface. I'm looking for birds on the bank that eat those minnows I'm just looking for a lot of life. And as I'm working the bank, I start to see, okay, not a whole lot of life here. I'm still moving, still moving. And then I get to a place that's just popping with all kinds of life. I'm going to stop and I'm going to fish a little slower and I'm going to look for laydowns and things like that. But the biggest thing that, that the telltale sign is the grade of the land coming into the water. Start with the steepest and start working towards your shallow side. And then also look for points that are coming out into the water and you'll catch fish. So... Dustin, I have not fished Douglas or Cherokee lakes in Tennessee. And I ate too fast again. Daggummit. I have the worst digestion, thanks to my grandfather and my father. Hey, we worked our butt off to win. I thought I had it, but the better fisherman won. Well, don't, be, don't give me all that mess, Damien. You did a great job this month, and I told you I was going to make you work for it. And I did. I just didn't. I did not think I was going to win at all, at, at all. So thanks, man. But don't give me that crap. You're a great fisherman. And now that you have electronics that are halfway decent, I'm scared to death. Uh, when do you sign up for the giveaway? Basically, Don, the, uh, the, the Friday. Sam, you're doing it again. I'm going to lose my concentration. Um, the, uh, the, the Stuck on Fluke giveaway, this is how it runs. You go to uh, my website, flukemaster.com. You buy a sticker, $5 sticker. When you get it, stick it on stump something, take a picture of it, put it on Instagram and do Stuck on Fluke as a, as a hashtag. And then also tag me in it so I can find it a little bit easier. And then um, I'm supposed to once a month pick a winner. Now, next month is the last month. And then I pick... From all the winners over the last eight months I'm or nine months, I'm going to throw them all in a hat and I'm going to pick one winner and I'm going to come to your house and take you fishing for a couple of days. I don't care where you live except for outside the country because I don't have a passport. But anyway, I don't care where you live. Uh, we'll come and go fishing, man. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Sam, man, thanks for the hundred bucks. I just don't know what to say when you start doing that crap. I really don't, man. But you guys that donate are awesome. Sam, you're the goat. Um 
and uh and um i'm definitely coming up there to give a seminar to your high school kids or to your kids that'd be awesome and we'll definitely go fishing too you've donated way too much money not to get a fishing trip i feel really bad uh CMB Fishing, thanks for the $10. Don't know. He says, went out earlier this week with Caleb Bell, my boy, and we found a uh, some big ones on bed, planning to going after them tomorrow. How would you get bed fished at not wanting to go after your bait? My secret is I get, I find a, a banana yellow lizard, okay? And Zoom makes them. They're just hard to find. Um, but or any big lizard, um, uh, a magnum lizard, and I drag it through their bed and drag it through their bed and I beat them in the head with it and drag it through their bed, drag I mean, just over and over again. And eventually it's going to piss them off. And if I get them to start striking at that lizard, I immediately throw in a small little creature bait right behind them and they bite. And so uh, use a big bait, the intrusive bait to get them fired up and then a small bait to get them to, to bite it. So, but I haven't bed fished in a long time. There you are. You must have been talking to my wife. I was talking to your son. Oh, to, to Jordan. <laughs> uh, for you guys who just joined us, uh, Stefan Walden. He he. A lot of time he's he's commenting in the comments, but he's uh he came by my house to pay me a visit, and this is what he brought me. I'm a shameless plug for his brother's company, Eddie B's moisturizer and a whole bunch of other stuff for uh for my beard. It's products for him. For me, not for my wife. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what he brought me. I think that's pretty cool. And it just happened to be Friday that you did it on. So we got to be able to put a shameless plug in there. So Eddie B's on Shopify. Yep, for sure. College tuition. I'm going to need it, brother. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, Sam, brother. $200, knucklehead. Yeah, don't uh, I lose my concentration? That's what he tries to do. He donates on Friday Night Live, and he tries to get me to lose my concentration. It's every time. <laughs> uh, what do I say about a fundraiser tournament? So this is going to be the first one. It is basically just a a, a fundraiser tournament for my high school football uh, fishing team football team high school fishing team. I knew I was going to do that, and it's tomorrow. And so uh, my wife kind of promoted it around town. It's for kayaks and boats catch photo release tournament. We're going to have it tomorrow. Uh, I'll be there in the morning for the meeting and I'm going to give a meeting. Then I'm going to haul butt to Gadsden, Alabama. And I've got a seminar I'm giving on kayak fishing at 11 o'clock in the morning, I believe. It might be 10. Anyway, somewhere between 10 and 11 in, uh, at Bucks Island Marine. So that should be a whole lot of fun. So that's what that is. Um, let's see. Oh, and Sam or Tyler, if you want to fish in it, go to my Facebook page. And I made a post in on my Fluke Master page and click on the link in it. And you can uh, probably sign up and show up tomorrow. So you may just have to bring your money. I don't know all the details. My wife's giving all uh, doing all that. So uh, let's see. Strong arm 65, 6R. Yeah, dude, it's going to be a long drive. No, nah, I'm, I'm going to purposely not pick you. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding uh look at this michael moon says what's up stefan <laughs> we'll see i'll see him tomorrow michael's gonna be at get at uh, bucks island tomorrow oh, really? so, yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 him and the dad him and his dad come to all the the bass resource or the the, the bass university yeah, yeah. there yep so hunter thanks for the 15 bucks he says just for fun what's the most overrated and underrated lake in the country to you Overrated and under overrated would be um Gunnersville. 
good one. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun lake to fish. There's lots of fish in it. You can go and catch them a lot, but I think it's uh, I think it's overrated to be serious. I mean, and I, I would always recommend somebody go fish there. It's just a fun lake to fish, but it's not that monster bass lake everybody's talking about. Um, underrated? I don't know. I have no... Um, yes, I do. Leech Lake in Minnesota. How do you remember that? Because I fished it two days and caught 80 fish. Oh. 80 bass. It is the number one bass fishing lake in Minnesota and nobody fishes for bass because they're always chasing walleye. And so I love that lake. Absolutely. Four pounders all day and just a lot of fun. So definitely, definitely. Uh, best 13 fishing casting reel in the 200s. Uh, the concept A is awesome. The C is amazing because they made it super, super light. Uh, lighter than their last, the last reel that was even close was a $525 reel. And so I think the concept C is like 220 or 240, if I remember correctly. But the A and the C are both really, really good. That's pretty much the only ones I use. So, um, Devin, where's the tournament? And never mind, check your page. Yeah, check my page, brother. It's the best way to do it. Swampland, what's up, man? How you doing? Zach Freeman says, I'm looking for a spinning setup in the $100 $150 range. Any recommendations? <laughs> Stefan, you didn't have to do that, man. It's <laughs> my brother. I can't get showed up. Oh, man. Okay. So now, now you're going to have to answer to your wife when you get home. Um, <laughs> spinning for between $100 and $150. Hmm. What do you think? Cash and they don't sell combos, do they? No, no, no combos. They were they were trying to work on something with the real thing, but I, I don't think it ever went through. Yeah, so don't hold me to it. But no, we don't have any combos. Okay. Our trying CRT to think. Rods are pretty good though. Do what? Our CRT rods. Oh yeah, the CRT. Cash makes some good rods. I'm going to give them that straight up. You know, I'm a I'm 13 loyal, but man, I like cash rods. They they're good. They feel good. Well, that's what I like about you. Don't hold any punches. You no, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Just yeah. because I'm sponsored by somebody. That, that, that's the that's fastest important. way to not be sponsored. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> oh, some people still do it though. I know it, but you know me, I, I dropped a $32,000 contract once because they asked me to lie about their product. Yeah. I don't know if I would have did it, man. 32 grand. I lost. Well, I'd have been just I walked out the door. Alarm, boy, no, I, uh -uh. <laughs> I ain't lying. It's the best lying. barbecue sauce I ever had. Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about a spinning setup. You know, a beginner one I always recommend just go to Bass Pro and buy a Bass Pro brand that fits your 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 uh, budget. But I'm not sure. I have not followed spinning reels in so long. My the Creed, the Creed K is a good reel, but with a with a rod, they got combos. But I don't know what the prices are. Uh, so well, yeah, I think they kept it in the ninety nine dollar price range. I think so. Go to go. Yeah. Best thing to do is go to 13's website and look because I don't, and I feel really bad for not knowing that, but. I don't because I'm an idiot. I think Dixon might be having to sell because they're getting their. Yeah, we're getting the new ones. They're, shrink, they're shrinking their fishing section too in a lot of Dicks. Are they really? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Uh, I like this one. Michael Reddington. He says, how do you break down a lake? So when I get to a new lake, and that's one of my favorite things to do, how much, how you love to go to a new lake that you've oh, never been to. All the time. Before. I do it all the time. Yeah. Go to one you've never been to before. It's one of my favorite things to do. I spend the first two hours on my fish finder and on my map and I'm looking and the, what I'm looking for is I always go to points first 
always. I'm going to follow the channels and I'm going to look at those points that have that creek channel that runs up against it. Or I'm going to look at, at a, a, a point that is in the mouth of a creek is always where I start, no matter what time of the year. Um, just always seems to be some fish there. And, it, and I'm going to go out into deep water and see how deep the, the, the bait fish are holding. You know, so if you see a bunch of uh, pods of bait fish and there is kind of a medium, you know, median depth that they're at, that's the depth I'm going to start looking for bass because they're just like deer hunters. They're going to hang out in a little brush pile or on a rock. Stop playing with your beard uh, <laughs> on a rock and stuff. And they're going to wait for those bait fish to swim by. And if they're at the wrong depth, they're not going to get get to eat. They're going to be at the same depth that those space, those bait fish are as they swim around and the bait fish swim by that brush pile and they get eight. You know, that kind of stuff is, and I'm just going to break it down looking for life and looking for points. And then I'm going to work back and, and if they're not on points, I'm going to look in pockets. And if they're not in pockets, I'm going to look on brush piles, rock, wood, gas, grass, gas, well, rock, wood, grass is what I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start looking for. But the biggest thing is, is birds for me. If I'm running and gunning on a lake that I've never been to before, I'm going to, and it happened on, uh, on, uh, Wheeler on Lake Wheeler. First time I was ever on Lake Wheeler. I'm booking it down the Tennessee River. I'm just flying. I look in the pocket and I see white bird, white bird, white bird, white bird, white bird, uh, blue heron, blue heron, blue heron. I'm like, Rrr! and I pull in that pocket and I start catching fish. A lot of people overlook that. Yep, exactly. And in the backside, go, hey, there's birds <laughs> diving over there. Birds diving over there. And my brother will turn around, go over there, and we end up catching a couple. Yeah, they got to eat fish to live. So that's one of those things where I'm, I'm going to pay attention to them. So. Uh, what do you think about G-Man shattering that 13 rod? I haven't seen the video yet. I've seen the video. Do what it So what he explained extensively when you when you watch, the, he's got a subsequent video leading off to or talking about that, and he says what 13 does is they send him out demos two years in advance. So the rod that he shattered was rods that he had to demo to put through its ringer to let you know it's going to be a good rod or a bad rod. He says, by the time G-Man's through the rod and it can survive this <laughs> slap line setting, by the time it gets to you, all that stuff will be worked out. So my understanding is he was saying that yep. it was a demo rod that he was working with. And, and that's I can, I can guarantee it, man, because I have, I don't know how many demo rods. I mean, I have that, like I was talking about last time, I've got a jerkbait rod that you guys will never see. Because it was supposed to be a square bill rod and it was too flimsy for a square bill rod, but it's the best jerkbait rod I've ever had. And it and it has no labels, no markings on it. It's just the blank, the, the guides, the real seat they sent, and it's got a piece, used to have a piece of tape on it, to let me know what it was. I got so many rods that have like the action and power that was a piece of paper wrapped with cellophane that I had to, took that piece of paper and then taped it with clear tape to keep it on there. And I fish those, and I've broken a bunch of a bunch of those, right? And that's but that's what they want us to do. I think that's 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 really important to touch on. Like yeah. working with Cash, and we got to do a whole bunch of demo rods before our new rods, the icons, actually went to market. And it's usually a year and a half to two years in advance before those rods even come to market. And so sometimes, if you see a guy in a video and you see the rod breaks or something like that, you got to keep that in mind that those might not even be the rods that you're buying on the shelves. Those are rods that are usually pushed out that they're testing for. Yeah. And that's what you got. Yeah, and, and like me, I, there are certain ones that I really, really like. And so I'm going to use them a lot. And eventually he, they want us to use them a lot. So to see how long they last and how, you know, how do they break? You know, what did we do to break? Them? Well, that's you know? what they want you to do is to, exactly. to put them through the ring. So, you know, I remember one time I watched uh, a Timmy Horton 
break a jig rod or a punch rod. And what had happened was he was on a boat ride and that half, that two ounce or ounce and a half tungsten weight banging up against the side of that rod as it was riding down on doing it on the boat ride, cracked the rod. And he didn't realize it until he set the hook and snapped it. That happens a lot. Tungsten beats the crap out of your rods. But anyway, so that's kind of what we do. Our, the worst, my worst situation was when I was in Florida, Ricky, their rod designer shows up. And we were going to fish Felsmere and he showed up with a bunch of new blanks to test out and all this other stuff. And he had this one blank, I think it was a spinning rod. And I put line on it and I grabbed the line and I grabbed the rod. And I was going to look at the flex and I pulled it. Snap. I gave it back to him and said, that's not going to work. <laughs> but it, it, it literally a brand spanking new test. Well, they got to get the product right because you have a mix between either it's going to be really, really sensitive yep. or it's going to go the other way and be flimsy, but you got yep. to find the happy medium in between and the really, really sensitive rods, the more sensitive the rods, sometimes you have to baby it a little bit more. Yep. As a co-angler, I'm, I'm buying one of the toughest rods I can because getting in and out of boats and you, you just put your rods to the ringer as a co-angler yep. in between yep. people's rod lockers and stuff like that. Sam, you got to quit, dude. Holy moly. Good grief. Oh, and this Papa Moon got, uh, got in here and recommended a, a Fluger President XT for $79.99 uh, for a good spinning reel. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. So, and good luck getting your uh, RV fixed, man. I heard I heard uh, your son told me what the issue was. Uh, Joe from uh, how do you store a pre-rigged drop shot? I don't pre-rig them. Um, pre-rigged drop shot? Yeah, I, did, I, I don't know. Is he talking? Is he talking about? It may about, been the well, little swivel the hook, thing. You have the hooks that already have the swivel on it, and then yeah. you tie it to the other swivel. I guess those are G G. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Damagasu or something like that. Yeah. Um, what's that? What's that company that you do the uh, the line thing where you wrap it around and you clip it closed? That's only oh thing. Uh, the plastic box is what it is. I can't remember. New Carolina uh, rigs like that. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I literally I always tie mine when I need it. And because I mean, I'm only I only take two spinning rods anyway. So one's going to have a Ned rig on it and the other one's going to be for everything else. Or does he mean it's already attached to the rod and you need to store it without the hook hooking up everything? Yeah, I, for that, I like spinning rods that have the hook keeper below the handle. Then you can just clip the clip the weight on there. Calcoast makes the clips where you can put it onto your rod. Yeah, Calcoast. Yep. Yep. Laura Johnson, what the heck is the deal with the creeper head and why is it so good? <laughs> so the creeper head for you guys that don't know is a green fish tackle creeper. Um, it looks like an arky head, but it's a shaky head. So it's a jig head. It's a little, got a little flat bottom. You put a small craw bait. Like we like to put a zoom speed craw on there. And you do exactly what the name is. It says creeper. You throw it out on hard bottom in the pre-spawn and during the spawn and you just creep it on the bottom. And what I think it looks like, is just a crawfish eating. It has a little bit of an angle to it, but not so much that it looks like a crawfish getting ready to fight. And I have absolutely, like I said, I, I had to wait. They made me wait three years to do a video about the creeper head because they were all winning tournaments on it and they didn't want anybody to know about it. And then finally, John Harris says, yeah, you can make it. And I'm like, yay. So I went and made one this several years ago, but yeah, that's kind of, it just catches fish. The biggest thing, though, is that you can't set the hook hard. That that head is such shapes shape, shaped such a way, and the hook is such a way that if you hammer it, you'll blow that fish's mouth open and lose the fish. You have to tighten down on them and just pull your rod back. But it's a light wire hook, so you're gonna get the hook set. So you just tighten down on them, and then and then once it tight, it's tight. You pull hard. 
So, uh, <laughs> G-Man also said he could shatter just about any rod you gave him. I believe it. I believe it. I can bend guides. That's what I'm real good at because I grab them all in a big bundle and move them from kayak to boat and stuff like that. The other thing I, I noticed today was the way I lay them in the kayak and I lay them out in front of me. And if I lay anything on top of them, they roll. And that's when I bend them too. There's a spot on my kayak where the rods rest. And if they roll over and I put any weight on there, it'll bend that, bend that guide. So that's another thing I've got to figure out, get a solution for. So the VMC spin shot is what we were that's thinking okay. of. Spin yep. shot. Rhino Joe outdoors. Gene, what water temp do you look for to start fishing top water? 65 degrees. And that's a little cold, but when it's the water's 60 to actually no 50, 58 degrees, but I'm looking for that 62, 63. So I go look for protected water. Now, 65 degrees for everywhere is when they'll start moving up real shallow. They're spawning. They're getting ready to spawn. They're moving shallow. Top water is good whenever the bass are shallow and active. Okay. And so that's biggest thing. If you see a lot of movement in the shallow waters, be it bait fish or anything, the bass going to be up there shallow and it doesn't hurt to throw a buzz bait or something like that. So, yep, I threw a buzz bait tomorrow and broke this week. So <laughs> goodness gracious. I've made so many casts of the last three days trying to beat Damien that because I limit myself to five days a month on these challenges. It can be, I could fish any day, every day of the month if I wanted to but I limit myself because I'm one of the few that can fish every day. And so oh, there's, so, you don't, okay. so I don't get it. And I'm, I just don't want to get the, give the impression that I have the advantage. Understood. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're fishing every day, I'm like, well, that's, that's yeah. his job. So that's what he gets to do. That's right. But I don't do it every day. How do your shoulders feel after that? Hurts. Cause I'm an old man. Um, <laughs> Joe Tyler. Hey, fluke master and friend. I, I've watched your channel for years. I recommend you often when people are looking for advice and good information channel. Appreciate it, Joe, man. That's awesome. That's oh, awesome. Last weekend, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Congrats and still being the most knowledge, knowledge on fishing YouTube, Gene, but I'm kayak fishing Lake Thurman early morning tomorrow from Keg Creek area. What do you recommend? Also, how was Lake Murray? Lake Murray was tough. I zeroed the first day. And I ended up in, uh, I did pretty good the second day. I was like middle of the field, a little bit, a little bit higher in the middle of the field. It beat my butt. Now, Thurman, if you're putting in at Keg Creek, go to the mouth of Craig, Keg Creek and fish around that island that's on the right-hand side. There's several points that are on that island. Those bass will be on those points. Uh, fish the blow-through that's in between the island and the mainland. And then also go across Keg Creek to the other side of the mouth and fish in the shallow areas around there. So, and if the bu the bushes are in the water, flip the bushes because they'll be spawning on the ones that have the most limbs. So that's Cake Creek in a nutshell. This time of the year, the the blueback herring should be just about getting ready to spawn. Are they a blueback herring? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, this should be, it's a top water heaven when that happens. Um, let's see. Have you tried the jewel offshore jig with wire guard? I have not. No, I've never even heard of it either. Uh, you're Gene J. You have the advantage. <laughs> I don't know. Don't tell Damien that. Goodness. Tyler Sexton, what's up, man? How you doing? He said, hey, Fluke, what's up? Look, uh, Looks like I got some competition with the donations. Yes, you do, brother. <laughs> man, oh, man. I got the goat up there. Sam just, he, he tries to distract me. 
Um, what's the best brand floating worm in your opinion? Can't seem to find one that is buoyant enough. So understand when people talk about the floating worm technique, they're just talking about a weightless worm. That hook, no matter what you do, is going to become the weight. Okay, so it can, and it's not a top water thing. It's a barely under the surface thing. So it's like a fluke. Think of it as as a, as, a, as you're fishing a fluke. And especially right after they spawn, when the males are guarding fry, you can flat whack them on any lake with a floating worm. And you're, you're fishing it like a fluke. Texas rig it with a, with a light wire hook. And I like to put a swivel up in front of it um, to give it a little bit more weight because I want to be able to keep it down a little. But the swivel mainly just keeps from getting line twist because they you get horrible line twist. Throw it up in the shallows and jerk it around. Bright colors, yellow, white, uh, methylate, bubblegum, uh, all good colors. Just jerk it around and the males come unglued. I have one, had one tournament. Matter of fact, it's my per first BFL where they would not hit a bright worm, but they would hit a June bug worm. So every once in a while, June yeah, bug. weirdest thing. But every once in a while, try a June bug worm and they'll, you, yeah. Tell them about the Senkos, what they were originally designed for. Gary Yamamoto. Oh, and he would nose hook them. He designed those to be the replacement for the fluke. For the fluke. Yep. This was, was the original Cinco. You know, we were already wacky rigging way before the, the Cinco came out. We were taking our worm hooks and putting them in the middle of a, of a floating worm, a trick worm, and jerking it like that and making it come out of the cover. That's another way to do it. I did that with Sluggo. That was before yeah, the, the Sluggo. Slug, it was yeah, before the Sluggo. And so that was the original wacky rig, and we called it wacky rigging. So then the Cinco comes out, and he designed it to nose hook it. Mm -hmm. So it had all this action, and he hooked it with a with a was it was like an octopus hook, but it was a larger one. It might have been a Shaughnessy hook, but anyway, a larger hook, and he would just nose hook it and jerk it out of the cover, and it does yeah. this number. So yeah, I had totally forgotten about that. Yeah, don't tell nobody. BSB one seventy five says, "I have heard you say you do not like fishing Lake Belton in Texas. What issues do you have with this lake? Curious to see uh, if we have the same issues." So, the reason I don't like Lake Belton is I got the opportunity years ago to fish. Matter of fact, I got a alert on Facebook about it. Uh, I think it was like ten years ago. Um, I fished Lake Belton for a a wounded warrior tournament. Uh, uh, so. It was me and it was hundred boats. And just before the tournament started, I heard, started hearing people talk about Belton bullets. And I'm like, what is Belton bullets? And I was like, yeah, it's all the little fish you catch that are just under the slot limit or the size limit. Caught 40 of them that day. 40 Belton bullets. And I caught one keeper. Wow. And 40 Belton bullets. They were all one sixteenth to one eighth inch under the side legal size limit that's what i don't like about How does that, that happen? none of people are harvesting fish <laughs> i i don't know got no clue yep so goodness uh alumina alumina nathan illuminathan 79 he says dang i never knew that talk about the cinco See, this is why I want to have guests because we get to talking about stuff. And oh, there's the, uh, I'm not saying much. I'm whatever. <laughs> Can you imagine if we got uh, Justin, Justin, me oh. and Justin in here? I need to, I need to invite Justin because we can do it online. He can just call. He can just uh, 
click a link and come on. I might have to do that. I joked the other night. I said that man can tell you what you threw in the tournament two years ago yep. to get your bag. And he literally, I think he had asked me a question. He was like, Hey, what did you catch uh, five years ago? You caught like a four pounder during a pre-spawn. Yeah, you it's nuts. Absolutely. I couldn't remember. And he was like, I thought you were, I think I said something to the effect that I was on a crankbait. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, but you were throwing a chrome with orange belly shad wrap. We're talking about Justin Kimmel. I'll have him on here one day. And I'm like, I, I, yeah, well, I, I never. He, that was one thing he he can process information and he has a photographic memory slash whatever you tell him memory. And then he works for Bass University, so he yeah. never forgets what everybody tells. Yeah, him. it's crazy. Have you ever tried the 13 fishing extra fast rods? Uh, how different are they from the fast? Anything extra fast does better, worse? There's any any brand rods. There's not a lot of difference between the fast and extra fast. It's an extra two and a half to three inches of flex is what it is. And so I, if I'm going to throw a shaky head, a quarter ounce shaky head, a light jig, or uh, throw top water on a medium rod, I want it to be an extra fast rod. Because it's already got the flex of a medium, but it's 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 an extra fast tip, and so it acts a lot like a medium moderate with a little or medium heavy moderate with a little bit of backbone, is what it acts like. But there's not if you're if you're comparing extra fast to fast, literally there's not a lot of difference until you have a lot of seat time with a rod in your hand. With those two rods, you won't be able to tell the difference. To be honest with you, okay. And so I can now just barely. Let's put it that way. So it's over 20 years of fishing though. Yeah, exactly. Chapo or Whopper Plopper. Hmm. I only throw a Whopper Plopper because I got a million of them and I think I've caught two fish on them. <laughs> uh, Chapo has a, it has a, this tail doesn't flex. Oh, it doesn't. See, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, let's see. Four or five out for flipping casting a Texas rig craw creature and flipping hook or EWG. I throw four out almost all the time on most soft plastics until I get into fat ones. And then I'm going to go to five out or go to an EWG. So what I throw, I, my flipping hook is a Gamagatsu G finesse flipping hook. It's got a, it's, it's stiffer wire so they can get away with a lighter wire. They don't have a big, heavy, heavy wire. So I, I do a lot of kayak fishing and stuff like that. So you don't get as strong a hook set as you would out of a boat. Uh, so I like that light wire hook, but it's still strong enough to be my flipping hooks. So that's what I use most of the time. If I'm going to a fat, like a, uh, a tube, if I'm flipping a tube or if I'm flipping a, uh, to this week, I've been flipping a, a monster, um, Rage bug of the, the largest rage bug. I had to go to an EWG because my four aught flipping hook was not wide enough and neither was a five aught. That kind of stuff. I actually talked about it in a video that's launching yeah. this week. So yeah. uh, but yeah, that's what that's the biggest thing is is you gotta have enough room for that plastic to get out of the way so you can get a hook set. That's what determines. But I almost always fish a straight shank worm hook unless I've got a, a big fat soft plastic. So and that's that's recent. I used to I, I used to never fish a straight shank, but now they've got those little keepers on them that keep your bait from sliding down them. And I and I and I use a lot more of them now. So, what can you say about the biffle bugs? I just heard about them today. You just heard about the biffle bugs? Well, I thought you were going to say they were discontinued or something. Duh. <laughs> no, wow. 
Yeah, I love Biff. I mean, Biffle bugs are another good creature bait, really. You know, well, I like the little cavity where you can. I think John Cox used to squirt the yeah. little juice in there. Kurt squirt his juice in there. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, John Cox is is a trip. What's the name of it? It's called Cox Juice. <laughs> Don't get me started. When he first told me and Chad Hoover that he was coming out with this fish attractant, and he was calling it, y'all stop laughing. <laughs> calling it Cox Juice. How long did it take you to stop laughing? It took. Two hours of now, Chad Hoover is the best at coming up with names of things. You can imagine where that conversation went. I was laughing so hard for about an hour and a half that I couldn't breathe and my jaw hurt. Well, you, you got that name and you got two military guys standing there. No, but Chad, Chad used to design t shirts for Spencer's Great Outdoors. Oh, or Spencer's Gifts. Oh, I was gonna say, Spencer's no, Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. So you can imagine. Anyway, we're not going that far. This is a family show. Uh, Cody Bell, tell us some shenanigans about the Guggen Squad and why you want to. I don't want to fight the Guggens. I why just don't want to think that. I just don't want anything to do because back in the day, they made up some stuff and they made up a video about me saying saying that we had beef. And uh, and so, yeah, it didn't go well. Just, I lost a whole bunch of subscribers you know, uh, uh, over some bull crap. I mean, I don't know, beef. Yeah. We're grown men. We're not going to. I well, that's just it. They're grown men now. Back then, they were still I'm trying. To... We're grown men. You, yeah, you <laughs> that's why I never talked about it. Fishing, really? Yeah, I took the high road on that one. Um, David Carlson, in the spring or summer, what should I throw on sunny on a sunny day with some wind? Sunny day with some wind, spring and summer or summer. Depends on how much wind. But anytime there's some chop on the water, I'm going to try a moving bait first, something like a spinner bait or crank bait. Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. Until I've thrown it a few times, I'm like, this ain't working. Oh, is he talking about sunny bluebirds? Well, it depends on the lake, too. I mean, oh, all those. Yeah, yeah it, there's a lot of factors. I'll give you, for instance, the last two days, it's been blowing 11 miles an hour plus on the lake I've been fishing. Center of it. You would think that, right? And it's been, you know, cloudy, mostly cloudy, sun will pop out. It's classic spinnerbait water. Classic chatterbait, classic crankbait. I threw all that crap. Guess what I caught them all on? A jig. Dragging it. Let the fish tell you. Let the fish tell you. Because I got so sick and tired of chunking and winding and not catching that I started dragging some. I actually started dragging a worm first. It's a little early, but I caught two. And then eventually I, I switched over to a jig. So It's funny how fish are so temperamental. Yep. Today was crazy. I put hit spot lock on my... On my, on my uh, or the pinpoint on my motor guide and the wind would be blowing out of the West and then it would blow out of the East oh, so and then it would blow out of the North. And <laughs> I'm like, what the crap? It was hard to stay on, on, uh, on my spot, but I ended up doing pretty good. Uh, Eli Rodia. Hey Gene, I'm a kayak angler and ready to upgrade my boat. I'm looking for a 10 foot boat that is stable enough to stand in. So I'm curious on your thoughts on the bottom. The 107 is the, I'm um, dude. It's the same cockpit cockpit as the 127 just shorter on the on the front and the back by a foot so you get 10 10 foot seven i stand up in it i can fish in it i can pee off the side i can you know it's just one of the, it's just a really stable boat it me up. it's a it'll hold you up no i know i've had uh, yeah it, it'll it, it'll rock a little bit more than the 127 because that's built into it so you can turn it a little bit easier i actually like paddling it better than i like paddling the 127 of course i got a motor now and i don't paddle at all um Let's see. Uh, let's see. 
I got to ask what lure you used to use more than 10 years ago that you pull out recently used. I asked because I just pulled out some old Lucky Craft Pointer 100s oh. that still work like a charm. I still use my Pointer 100s. Oh, yeah. Try selling those. Yeah, I got some yeah, discontinued Pointer uh, Pointer 78s that are discontinued colors, and I guard them with my life because they're blueback herring color. I thought he was going to say a bad lure like a hula popper or something. Nah. Those, lucky, those, those don't. The fluke? Just kidding. <laughs> um, let me think. A lure that I pulled, I've pulled out recently. I'm gonna go back about a year, I think. Uh, what have I pulled out that I was like, man, I haven't fished one of these in forever. Um, hmm. I didn't show you the drawers in my barn. I need to show you those are my soft plastics from a hundred years old. Of, just let me know. <laughs> you can go shopping in my just barn. Let me know. Um, let me think. A tube, really. I tube? I used to hate a tube, absolutely, because it can't feel anything when it's fished traditionally. I started flipping a tube with a dang on a Texas rig and wrecking them on, on Gunnersville yeah, last year. It, I, I flip a Texas rig tube. Uh, yeah. And so I guess we did say, I, if I had to pick one, it had to be a tube because I hadn't fished one in a long, long time. It's those old base that had the big metal lip on it. The um oh, somebody be able to tell me. Uh fish one of those and call one. Top water. Yeah, it's uh Somebody jitterbug? will tell me. Jitterbug. 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 Yep. Uh, what's your view on swimbait sweaters? Uh, sw sim swimbait setups. I've recently gotten into fishing a lot. I heard swimbaits are a good way to catch fish. Any uh, beginner setups. So swimbaits, when you say swimbaits, there is a spectrum of swimbaits about this long. You have the little bitty ones on a 16th ounce jig head and you have the 15 ounce ones, the bull shads that I throw, the nine inch bull shads that are like 12 or 14 or 15 ounces. And so it's all dependent on what swim bait you're throwing. I, the one I throw the most is just a paddle tail swim bait on a half ounce head. And I throw it on a medium, heavy, moderate action rod is what I throw it on. And so you kind of have to match your size and weight somewhat close to the rod. Okay. And, uh, and, or the rod to somewhat close to the weight is what you're trying to, what you're trying to add. And don't go spending ungodly amounts of money. Is he just getting into it? Yeah. Just getting into fishing is what the, it says. Mini yeah. The little bull. Yeah. The little mini bullshad, the hard one that uh catch coast yeah. sells. That's actually a really good bait. It And I, I caught a six pounder on it last year. There's so many, so, there's so many. Yeah. You, that's a, a broad question. There's so many. Yeah. So many different things, but, uh, but, Pick what kind of swim bait you want to get good at and just stay with that size and that weight. If you're talking about hard swim baits, that's a whole different world. Uh, when you get past, like the Bullshad 6-inch, anything that size, you can throw on a jig rod. You know, a 7-foot-3 medium heavy or 7-foot-3 seven foot three heavy, something like that. Did so. 13 have one going out of business? They had a swim bait rod they were selling. I don't think you can find it anymore. Who? Uh, 13. They had, it had a little trigger on it and everything. They still do. They, they, they just changed that. There's okay, two so models. That have, yeah. yeah what they do is every few house. years, they change the model. Now the, the, um, they have one that's $80 that I use. Yeah. I think it's tackle warehouse was selling it for like 60, 67 or mm -hmm. something. They were, they're just coming out with a new model. Yeah. Yeah. Cause 13 changes their models all the time to stick, keep them fresh. So, which is really cool. Cause like five years ago, the rod that was, uh, $200, that same blank is being used for the hundred dollar rod. Five years later. Knowledge. 
Yeah, because things have gotten cheaper as as uh, as technology gets better. I still want the the, the so. old blank that had the crushed looked like crushed marbling in the handle. Yeah, what was that number eight tackle? It was the it was the blackout, but now yeah. that's the fate chrome, and now it's the fate black. But they don't have the crushed marbling on the, the fate, handle. Fate black. I'll show it to you. Yeah, yeah, I still got like three of those. <laughs> Not selling. Them. Uh, you ever use spotted cream worms? I haven't, but I've laughed at them at the tackle store, uh, tackle store quite a bit. They used to be big back in the day. They did, man. The pre-rigged ones with the hooks in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, guys, <laughs> troll with them though, don't they? Now, yeah, you got to troll with them because they get hung on everything. I, I had that when I was a little kid. I used one. Bass geek, where's Bass geek on I here? Seen it up there. Oh right. man, uh, he's having a conversation with somebody else. That's why I've been ignoring him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what diving crank would you use for offshore rocks and brush piles? Um, depends on the depth to be it. Seriously. There's so many different deep divers that this XDs, uh, the new deep divers from 13, I think they're out. Uh, they might not be, I have to check, but those are the ones I tested. I have a see, whole box see, of, you, you got all sorts of secrets. Though. I haven't seen those. Deep divers. No, they're, they're, they're price point based. They're six ninety nine. And so if there's some out tackle warehouse, I have it, but I think that's about it. Cause they're just, you know, supply demand thing is so crazy right now. Yeah. The whole industry, yeah, and so, uh, but yeah, I have a box of prototypes and 3D printed ones around here somewhere, so they're really good, man. I, I had one bite a 3D printed one that was white, spray painted the top of it yellow so I could see it, see the action in it. Yeah, I had so one you're just testing record. and you yeah. pass it out there, and then all of a sudden, and I, of course, I couldn't set the hook because it was a 3D printed bill. I'm like, this thing's gonna break, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I think you're not gonna get it back, so I shook the fish off. Uh, how do you fish a Ned rig, Nick? Uh, Nicole, I the best thing for you to do is go to my channel and click on the little magnifying glass to search thing and search Ned rig. I've got a great video on the details and all the different ways you can fish a Ned rig. Um, I, my, my personal favorite is probably the most boring way to fish it is when the bluegill are on bed and you're fishing around those beds, you throw it out, you let it sink to the bottom. You sit down, you put your elbows on your knees and you hold your reel, your spinner reel like this, and you do like this Count right rocks. here. And you're counting rocks. That's all you're doing. <laughs> it's the most boring way, but man, what it, what it's doing is you're dragging that little head along the rung of bottom, and it hits a rock, and it goes bloop, and it pops up, and it hits another little hard spot, bloop, and it pops up, and the bass wreck it. Didn't you say there's no wrong way to fish a bed There isn't a wrong yeah, way. Yeah, yep. I got so many of them out now, and little... Spinners you can put in the tail and all sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> oh, Michael Moon says, Dad, will give, tell me the uh, the full story on the camper tomorrow. I'm sure he will. <laughs> I'll see y'all in the morning. I can't stay long, so don't talk a lot when I get done. I got the whole butt home. Uh, what, do, what do you have tied on for your next fishing trip? The same thing I've had tied on for three days, four days, and I'm not going to untie it. <laughs> Oh, because <laughs> I'm lazy. No, a chatterbait, a jig, a Texas rig, um, a spinnerbait, a buzzbait. And that's it. I got two Texas rigs tied on. That'd be top, middle, bottom? Top, middle, bottom. Yep. And I got two Texas rigs because it's just, I have a, I love to throw a worm on a three-eighths ounce and then I throw a creature bait on a, uh, a five-sixteenths when they're really shallow. So, and I don't want to retie. Favorite Texas rig made? Well, I was fishing a frog for the first time, but could not hook them. Any tips? Yes. 
if it's a hollow body frog or even a topwater frog, once you get bit, you need to count to three. It's the hardest thing to do to see that splash and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, set the hook. You know, it's hard because you want to set the hook right away. You get bit. What I do is I fish with my rod out of position. Okay. Most people fish a topwater frog with their rod up high. That's not out of position. For me, out of position is down low and to the right. It forces me to do this to set the hook, and it gives me a little bit extra time. And I go one, two, three, and I set the hook. I actually turn my head and count the one. And one. Turn your head, yep. And, and it makes you feel for the fish. Number two is set the hook like you your life depends on it. Like put your man pants on and hammer it. You want to try to rip his lips off. And so that's why I fish 65 to 50 to 65 pound braid. That's why I fish a heavy power rod. So I, I crank the gut, the drag all the way down. And that's why I just ate it's a eight, eight, one to one gear ratio reel. Same thing. Seriously. Well, you got to understand it's physics. You got, you're splitting your pressure between two points of the frog yep. instead of just one. So you got to have two penetrating points that are facing the opposite direction. And they got to penetrate the actual hard part of the fishes. And they're heavy wire hooks. Yeah, and they're heavy wire hooks. Yep. Some people take pliers and they'll slightly bend them out depending on how thick the cover is that you're fishing or, or whatever have you. But they'll give them a little bit more distance between them and they'll actually be angled in the way to where they'll actually go in the fish's mouth and not into the actual body of the frog. Oh, huh. Never thought of it that way, but it makes sense. Well, you got your trick with, oh, that's to keep the raw frog. That's to keep the, that's yeah, a good tip. I, right yeah, the, the tip where I wrap the the uh, the hooks with, uh, with braid plugs the hole a little bit better so it doesn't fill up. It also keeps that keeps the hooks from torquing out. So anyway. Torquing or twerking? Twerking, not twerking. twerking. Uh, Swampland, thanks for the five bucks. Did you ever fish False River new in New Roads, Louisiana? I have not. And if you say anything about redfish, I'm going I'm to block you. <laughs> when have you been redfishing? He picks on me because I, I love the redfish and I haven't done it in so long. I'm freaking going I was nuts. Saying, when was the last time you... It's been a year and a half. You just drive over to... It's been no... Yeah, it's been a year and a half. You have Savannah? Yeah. No, no, no. This is Louisiana redfish. It's totally different. Totally different. Totally different See, than that clear water mess. I need, I need to go down there and fish. Uh, what baits do you tie on, tie on when you need to catch better quality bass? A jig, a swim bait, a, a big swim bait. Um, like a nine-inch bullshad is what I'm throwing. Um, and a big worm, like an 11, 12, 14-inch worm, but usually just an old monster, zoom old monster. So that's what I did today, Damien. If you're still on here, big baits, big. Fish. I beat you with a jig, bro. That's what I did. That's mm. horrible. Yeah, Damien used to be a professional, like WWF wrestler. For real? Yeah, I can't remember what his name was, but I have to find what was that. His out. Name? Oh, I need to know that. Yeah, if he's on here, he'll he'll pipe and tell you what his name used to be. Uh, Fluke Master, how do you like the Buka Bullshad? I am a hundred percent biased. A hundred percent. So do not. Take this. For, I have known Mike Buca since 2001. Him and I have been really good friends since 2001. He didn't start making swim baits until like 2009, 2010. And in that period of time, he was learning how to make swim baits. And one of the things that I would do that he would do, he'd buy these hard body swim baits from California for four, five, six hundred bucks. And he'd put them in a box and he'd mail them to me and I'd x-ray them and I'd send him the baits back and the x-rays so he didn't have to cut those $600 swim baits up to figure out how they were weighted. Really? Yep. How do you get away with that in the story? I got hey. permission okay. and I paid for it. 
So, but uh, anyway, so yeah, that's, that was, that was kind of, and Buka and I have been really good friends. So I, I love them, but I love the man. Okay. He is such a great man. He has made mistakes over the years and there's some things um, that he has screwed up and I've yelled at him for it. But other than that, since then, we've been just fine. So well, I can tell you it's a great, it's a great bait. It is a great bait. It's it great. catches fish. So, uh, Rhino Joe, thanks for the five bucks. He says, been watching your channel since I got back into fishing when I came back from Afghanistan in 2010. <laughs> been kayak fishing ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Were you in Afghanistan? Yes, sir. You went, okay. I can't remember where you went to Iraq or Afghanistan. Afghanistan. I, uh, I stayed in Iraq for a little bit. But it was via where you're flying. Through. Is that so, where you got hurt? No, I got hurt in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan. Okay. Afghanistan. Yeah. Christopher Ash. Ash I'm not going to pronounce your last name. I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> five, thanks for the five bucks. It says, new to Atlanta. What was living in Vegas? What are some good places to fish around Atlanta? This is the best thing to do. Go to the Wildlife Resources Division website. Look for the fishing section and look for where to fish. And they have a search engine where you can search by county. Mm -hmm. And search in your county and the counties surrounding it for public fishing places. Georgia's public fishing areas are top notch. Their big lakes are either run by the the uh, the Corps of Engineers or by Georgia Power, and they all, almost all of them suck, except for Sinclair is finally good. Sinclair is good. Yep. We have uh, uh, well, no, you have the uh, big spot uh, uh, Lake Lanier. I don't like Lake Lanier. How? Too many stupid boats. That's yeah. Ask Damien. Somebody tried to kill him uh, very, last very, year. If you're kayak fishing, it's very dangerous to, to be on like it's dangerous to be on like Lanier, period. But yeah. the, yeah. the spotted bass are but uh but yeah, it's those the public fishing areas are great and and a lot there's a lot of stuff around you. Be you'd be amazing. He's in Atlanta though. He's you're centrally located. You can literally fish all throughout the state of Georgia, or you can go yep. to Alabama, or you can go to uh Tennessee. Yeah, there's a bunch yeah, of good places. Yeah, it's it's Talking about? Tyler Fluke was an x-ray tech in the army. Fluke has his way of getting things. <laughs> was an x-ray tech in the army. So he was 88 Mike. 88 Mike. Truck driver. And a cook. And a cook. Do you do a cook? Yeah, it was a nice call. Nice. That was a 91 Bravo, 91 Papa. So, and you did not want me to be a medic. Well, I was a good medic to a point, but if it got serious, I was not trained to do that. <laughs> uh, thanks. My dad said, hello. Uh, he's a cop from Columbia. Um, Casey, I will never forget uh, your FaceTiming me, uh, timing me for my oh FaceTiming for your birthday. Oh, I remember that. Awesome. That's one thing I can say about this guy. Like one of the original <laughs> ways that I met him is I literally sent him a message, like you guys are doing right now. I sent him a personal message through YouTube and put my phone number on there. I was, I think I was a tournament I had to fish, and he calls me back. Is like, hey, this is Gene Jensen. I, I didn't know who it was at first, and then. By the time I registered, my face lit up. I was like a little kid. <laughs> and he, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's the most down-to-earth guy I know that you can call and reach out to, and he'll actually call you and reach back out to you. So let me – you guys, I'm going to stop answering questions for a minute. You know where a lot of that comes from, the motivation to to continue to be that way? I'm going to be serious. Mike Iconelli. He, he – you do – Prime example. He doesn't know this story. Mike does not know this story. Back in the day, before YouTube, their first elite tournament that was ever held on Clark's Hill, after day one, a 20 or 30-something man walks up to the green Dick Sporting Goods boat, Ranger, and starts talking to Mike Iaconelli. 
Mike invited me up into his boat to sit down and we sat there. Well, after he had got done fishing all day, he was re-rigging and getting stuff ready. We sat there for 30 minutes talking. He asked me more questions than I asked him. That's Mike. But he's always. Always. Uh, he and, gave my son a fishing rod after he sit there and talked to 300. He right. would be the first guy in, in there and, at the ramp and the last And he loves to talk. Just talking. And and that was that was the start of understanding how you're supposed to be. You know, you're he was busy. He didn't have to do what he did, but he took the time to do it. Okay. And that's kind of and, and he doesn't even know that story. Well, a lot of it is retail. He he worked he worked at Dick's sporting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you meet up guys who just can talk fishing all day and just life and and uh, me and Gene can sit there and talk for hours and we're supposed to be it's a whole different at a language. seminar or something like that. We're talking about fishing. The next thing you know, we're talking about Crocs Ooh. and then just talk, talk, talk. <laughs> uh, that, that's yeah. That, that's some guys are just like that. Mike is definitely one of those yeah, guys. He is. So is Gene. Just found out a couple of weeks ago that you and my dad were in basic training together. What? What? Who was your dad? Look at the last name. I can't, I can't remember Sexton. anybody. It was a hundred years ago. I can't remember. I'd have to go look at the picture and the little names at the bottom. Sexton. I don't even have my basic training picture. Though. Mine's at my mom and daddy's house somewhere. So that's, that's probably where mine is. That's why I don't have it. My mom refuses to give it to me. <laughs> you need to go. Don't even give it to my wife. Just. Oh goodness. Uh, Fluke master. How do you transition to a new bait? If your favorite one is discontinued. Mine is the six inch cyclone hard nose tube. I have 80 left. We'll start mending them at 20 years so Oh man. I just have you have to just scratch it. You just have to chalk it up and just say, man, it just sucks. Cause it, for me, I'm a little different because I'm not afraid to open my mouth to these companies and I get the I'm have the opportunity to talk to them at ICAST and stuff like that. So uh the first one that pops into mind is the the finesse Carolina rig weight from uh True Tungsten. Now, True Tungsten was a great company. They just spent more money than they made and they went out of business. And so um, they had this weight called the Finesse Carolina rig. And it was the Peter T Finesse Carolina rig weight. It never sold good because they did such a horrible job of marketing it. Peter T didn't even know it was named after him. Okay. That's how bad it was. This is a little, it's a skinny bullet weight long and it was awesome. It's also Mike Iaconelli's favorite Carolina rig weight. He has them lay, hanging in his, in his, uh, in his garage, and I almost stole every one of them when I saw him because him and I were in the same boat. The same boat. So this is what I, I I went to a couple of companies. I'm not going to name her name, and I told him flat out. I said, if you can make this bait, and one of the companies owns owns that mold, if you will make this sinker, I will promote it till the day I die for free. And that's kind of what I did, and I did, and never happened. Well, I talked to Ike and Ellie, and Mike's like, I got this. So what just came out from BMC? Oh, is it a mojo rig? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's now getting now got a half ounce and a three quarter ounce long skinny weight. Yeah, he, he developed a lot of stuff. They got the the nail weight with the little strings hanging yep. out the bottom. Mm -hmm. of it. Oh, yeah, he has a lot of input in that kind of stuff. That's great. That's really great. Yeah. So, uh, ever do live streams on the water? I can if I'm my home lake has no cell signal. None. I was lucky to get a text from him today in a one little spot and it was hard to send one back. So I've thought about starting to do that. Like when I'm on Gunnersville or in Chickamauga, 
you I know, volunteer to be the cameraman. Yeah, exactly. And, and I used to do them. I did them when I was on the road, I'd go to Minnesota and be able to do them on Leech Lake and, uh, and, um, a couple of the other lakes. I can't remember. But I haven't done one here. So I'll definitely try. So, Oh my goodness. We're a little over time. Let me ask, let me do a couple more questions. So what's the best section of the Etowah river for kayak fishing? You know what? I love, let me, where's my phone. I'm going to look at my map so I can give you the right one. My favorite one is the one where you get, go through the rock garden, which is a, a real kind of lazy shoal, but it's beautiful. Um, right outside of town. So I'm lucky. I live right, right near the Etowah river. Is that the river? Yeah, that's the river. Yeah. Yep. The Harden bridge put in at the Harden bridge rope boat ramp and go down to the 411 boat ramp. Don't pass the 411 boat ramp because it's 10 miles to the next boat ramp and you'll be getting rescued. And so, but that is a fun little section. It's a day trip. Um, park one car down one end and, and one at the other end and go have fun. It's, that is a beautiful, great section. Fish the eddies and catch the snot out of spotted bass. You got trout in there? Got striper. The, what? Yeah, the striper come out of out of the, the um, um, dang it, out of Weiss Lake, and they move up there, and they're the only they're one of the only uh, populations of striper that are landlocked striper that spawn. So they come up there to spawn, and There's you can catch thirty and forty pound striper in the in wow. shallow water. So. Um, I was wondering about that with the monthly tournaments because I live in Illinois. Seems like most of the lakes there is no cell signal, so I wonder how you would take pictures to turn uh, uh, to turn your fish in. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna do this real quick, and I did it in a video, but I'm gonna talk about it. What I do is I take the pictures on my phone. After fish number one, I take a picture of my hand holding up a number one. After fish number two, I do that. And after the, okay. And while I'm doing that, when I'm done taking each of those pictures, I go into the notes in my phone and I, in the notes, I have number one and this was the length and number two, this was the length. And that way, when I get home and have a cell signal, because the 10 minutes between me and the house or me and the lake, there is no cell signal until you get to my house. Cause I have a booster right here. And so I get home and then I go through my list. I was like, all right, these are my best five. And I start submitting them. And I submit them when I get home. And that's what's cool about online monthly tournaments. Now, live tournaments are a whole different deal. Uh, you have to have, a submit them, have to have them submitted by a certain time of the day. And that's just a matter of finding a cell signal before that time is up. But, uh, but yeah, that's how I do it. And I do it every day. Like That's why all my fish say I've, that they've been entered like at 930 at night or 1030 at night. Because it's after I get home. So... Fishing with Megan McDonald. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for the five bucks. My son and I are fishing an online bass tournament tomorrow. We will be fishing Fort Gordon. Any advice? Thanks. And thank you for your service. Fishing Fort Gordon lakes. I love those lakes. That's where I cut my teeth. Where's Fort Gordon at? In Augusta, where I was stationed last part of my, my service. Oh, that's a base? Yeah. It's actually the it's the original WMA in Georgia too. Did you know? No. They stocked like the first place they stocked um, turkey. The first place they stocked deer was at Fort Gordon. You can also find know. pheasant there and chucker and a bunch of other crazy stuff they let go and never were able to kill. It's like I'm going Fort Gordon. <laughs> they got 22 lakes and they're awesome. Uh, my what I would say is tie, go get a split shot rig because there's a lot of grass in those lakes. Um, trick worm on a, on a worm hook, Texas rigged, but 
pinch a split shot about eight, six to eight inches above that hook on a light line and a, and a, and a spinning rod and just drag it over top of the grass. Cause that's what that each, almost all those lakes have that nasty grass, grass on the coontail. Right no, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be topped out right now. Isn't that snot grass? That no, it's coontail and some of it. Had, I remember this was years ago, guys. So I could be totally wrong. So, uh, Fluke Master VMC lost the plates to that six-inch hard-nosed tube in a fire after they partnered with Cyclone. Huh. Wow. I heard an old pawn shop in that town in Louisiana has a ton of them. May have to make that trip. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Yeah. There's a shop in, oh, what's this town just south of Pinehurst? Um, oh, uh, what we were talking about? Is it a... Daggummit. South of Pinehurst is Pinehurst, North Carolina. And anyway, there's a tackle shop there that's named after the town. And it is the best tackle shop in the world for old baits because the old man that owns it is was a, has been a hoarder for 40 years. Um, that'd be a good place to check, but I don't know if he carried any tubes. He may, mainly like post crankbaits and old stuff, old crankbaits and old spinner baits. And he hold he own, he has every zoom color of everything that's ever been made. Um Aberdeen. Aberdeen okay, attack. Okay. Yep. Uh, Aberdeen, North Carolina. So, all right, guys, I'm going to jump off of here. I'm well over time, but it is what it is. Uh, like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water. Go ahead and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.